saving money. Can you hear me? Glory to God. Yeah. The fact that you can hear me, <laughs> we need to pray. We need to pray. I've, I've been looking forward to this for some time. And uh, we need to pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Um, thank you for all that you provide. Thank you, Father. Father, give us ears to hear. Give me a mouth to speak. A mind to follow your Holy Spirit. It's your grace, it's your spirit that gives us grace. That oil of joy sets us free. Father, thank you. Thank you. We bless you this day, Father. For it's all about you and your goodness and your faithfulness. We thank you in Jesus' name. trust that we've all kind of paid attention to the announcements that was up uh, before our worship service. Um, the one thing, I don't know if it was up, but there's a men's, um, on the 10th, I believe, of April, we're going to be, after church, uh, we're going to be meeting at the MAP Air Museum. So just a reminder for you guys that uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, very familiar passage. I'd like us to turn there. Isaiah chapter 40. Go to Psalms and turn right, you'll get there. Jeremiah, you're a little far. Okay. Um, as we were worshiping and, 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 and as I was preparing, I, w I had to think of where we are in time. different for different people. Um, those that are under uh, the siege of Russia in Ukraine, um, really different for them. And I, I guess I was, I was kind of, a, kind of moved by that um, in, prep, in preparing. Because this word to Isaiah, Isaiah lived around 700 or so years before Christ was born. 700 years before. If we take 2022, 700 years before 2022 was what? 1322? I don't know.
don't know of anybody that lived that way. That's a long time. That's, that's really a long time. But Isaiah wrote these words, um, empowered by the Spirit, uh, led by the Spirit. And he basically, from chapter 40 on, the, the, from here towards the end of Isaiah, he's making reference to the Messiah, to the coming Messiah. And uh, it's kind of uh, interwoven in there, and you have to kind of look, and you'll see certain things. And um, uh, so I don't know what, what it would have been like if for people in that era, uh, what they thought when they read these words. And uh, in Jesus' time, that one guy that was in a chariot, I think it was Philip that caught up with him, um, he was reading the passage in Isaiah a little further in, in 53, I think it said. Um, but depending on where we are, we may or may, we, we may react or receive differently. And I would like to um, address that this morning. Let's, um, we'll start at uh, the first verse just because it's very important. But my focus will be beginning on verse 3. Isaiah 40, verse 1. Comfort, again I say comfort my people. Or comfort, keep comforting my people. Says your God, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. They're in the process. Some may have already been taken into captivity. There will be more to go. But in the midst of their captivity, um, if you read up to the first 39 chapters of Isaiah, it can get a little bit wearying, it's, it's, it's heavy news, it's, it's um, judgment on the nation of Israel. And, um, and then comes 40 and following, but it says comfort, keep comforting. In the midst of where you find yourself, comfort, comfort my people. Verse 3, a voice of one calling. In the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. A voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. There's some key words I'd like us to look at. And we're, this is very familiar uh, so stay with me. Uh, the word prepare um, means, I, was, uh, it, I, I, didn't, I guess I didn't realize this. Maybe I knew it, maybe it, I didn't remember it. The word prepare is the word hurry. Now prepare, I thought, ah, I've got to lay the foundation, you know, and all that. And, that, and that's involved. But, but the, 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 
the root of the word prepare is turn. It is turn around, uh, uh, turn towards another direction, or turn back. But the word prepare is turn. My first thoughts were to, because I, my teenage years, I it was in the late sixties, that time frame, and I don't know if you remember the song "Turn, Turn, Turn." There is a season. Turn, turn, turn. I'm not sure they were talking about that. That was back in different times. But somebody was reading the book of Ecclesiastes, and that's where it got. There is a season, turn. And I think what God is saying here um, to the people of Israel, turn your eyes, turn your eyes, look to me, look to me. Many did not see it that way. But there is a turning. Turn back, turn around, turn from, turn to. Change your focus. The root uh, of that word, um, there is another word derived out of that root. And that is the word, uh, the original word panah is Hebrew for turn. Um, the other root is paneh, and, I'm, and there's just a slight difference in, in um, the vowel sound. But that is the word for faith, faith. And then it said, the heart was turned. I thought that was interesting. The root of the word that we use as prepare, hold faith. It's the part if you, if you want to know the direction that someone is going, look at their face. Because that's usually the direction they're going. Is the direction they're facing. That's usually an indicator. They say the eyes allow you to see into their soul and, and all that. But in this case, it's talking about direction. Direction. Which direction, what which way are we facing? Um, Cain, if you remember, it was very, the first occasion of this word uh, in the Bible was, is when Cain, when God says, Cain, why is your face so downcast? His face was down. That was the direction he was looking. And that was just prior to him killing his brother. He said, you know, he said, you don't have to do what's on your mind or, or whatever. He your face is downcast. Another one was Abram. Um, when God got his attention to call him to come to Canaan, uh, he fell on his face. Um, so our, the human face reveals our emotions, our moods, our dispositions, whether we're happy or sad, whether we're joyful or humiliated, humble or proud, Compliant or defiant. We all know that as parents and we see that in kids. You can see it in their face. To hide one's face may show disgust, like King David brought Absalom back, but he said, I'm, you know, I'm not going to show you my face. Um, to turn your face away may show rejection. To cover one's face and surrender 
before God in worship. Our face reflects what's in our heart, also the direction that we're heading. We must face towards God, and if so, if necessary, turn. The next key word, other than prepare, is the way. The way is, uh, is the word direct, um, D-E-R-E-K, and is the English spelling of it. Uh, a road, a, a trodden, well-worn path. Uh, it means way, it means distance, journey, manner, conduct, condition. Uh, first occurrence, God placed an angel. This was in Genesis 3. Um, kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden, puts an angel with a big old sword standing in the way to keep Adam and Eve from coming back to the tree of life. That's uh, the way, the way to. Um, um, Numbers talks about Moses when he was coming into um, the land of Edom, Edomites. Uh, they had come around, they're getting ready to position themselves to get back and cross the Jordan into um, the, I guess that's back in Israel. Um, sorry, not used to being up in this angle here. Um, but anyways, uh, Moses goes to the king of Edom and, and says, can we have permission? Uh, we got a, got a few with us here, I don't know, a few million? <laughs> can we... Can we just pass through your area? We'll stay on the king's highway. We'll stay on the main road. We won't deviate from that. And of course, the king was stuck on himself and said, no way. Sorry for the pun. No way. Maybe I still exist. I don't know. But they were not allowed uh, through. They had to change. They had to turn. And, and reroute, get way out of their way to come back and get over into the land of Canaan. Um, the next word, the way of the Lord. Jehovah, Yahweh, the way of the Lord. It's not just any way, it's the way of the Lord. And um, we all understand that and have a good handle or grip on that. Prepare the way for the Lord. In other words, remove any hindrances for God to work. God is in the process of working uh, through and with his people. And we're going to look at removing any hindrances for God to work. And this can be very life-changing. Next key word I'd like us to see is straight. Uh, let's go back. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert. Straight, straight. A yashar means level, straight. If you're in construction and you see a house being built, all the studs are straight, they're plumb. In other words, they're straight up and down, they're plumb. And no matter where you go, and you see all, and there's no drywall, no outer, you know, no sheeting or whatever, or you're inside the house, and you see all, you can see pretty quick 
if there is a two-by-four that is not in line. You can see real quick. You can see real quick if there's one not in line. Um, and um, But that's the word, yeshar, make straight. Make straight. Um, it can be used literally, um, like in a highway. Um, if you travel out west, the roads are straighter. Come over a hill and whew, you, you know exactly where you're going to be in a half hour. Right there. You can see it. Great. So, so when you're building the road, you're keeping that in focus. You, you, want, you, want, you, want the, you don't want to deviate. You want to you get to where you're going. So that's literally. Um, God will make your paths straight, says in Proverbs 3. Uh, to look straight ahead of you, Proverbs 4. Fix your gaze. Turn from any distraction. But fix your gaze. I'm not a, I'm not a gun guy. Um, I had a lot of fun with a BB gun as a kid. But, um, but when you shoot and when you're aiming like with a rifle or a long gun, you're fixing your gaze to that little tin can sitting on a fence post. Well, your animal probably sits on a fence, but anyway. Um, but that, that is literally fixing your gaze straight. There's also ethically. Uh, straight can be used uh, ethically, upright, blameless, as um, uh, all God's laws are right. God is upright and just. Um, all right, the next key word I'd like us to see is highway. Highway. Now we're getting into the second. Um, where did the video go? Yeah, second part of verse three. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway. So in the desert. In the desert, one of the things I remember when we were in Israel, and I treasure. There's a lot of things, but one of the main things is the terrain. The landscape. There's stones everywhere. There's, there's stones. Jane brought one home and slipped on the windowsill. That's not just any stone. That's stone from Thomas's. And, and there's nothing level. You're either going uphill or downhill. You're either stepping over something or kind of around something. And... Um, I love it. I'm starting to wear out my map section in the back of my Bible. When I'm reading through, you know, your daily reading and stuff, I want to see where these towns are. And it's just, it's, it's, it's fascinating. But in the desert, in the wilderness, make something straight, and it's going to stand out. Um, in verse 4, it says, every valley raised up. In other words, you're trying to go straight. So where it's a little bit low, you want to raise it up. Where it goes, you know, a little bit drastic, you want to lower it down if you can, depending on what it is. So you want to maintain a fairly straight, consistent approach. Verse 4, every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. 
the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. There's a lot of rugged places around. Um, the, the, we drove, we started out up, up in the northern part in Galilee, and we ended up, and then we worked our way down, and it changed, but we first encountered the Samarit, Samaria, the wilderness of the Samaria, Samarian, that wilderness of Samaria. Um, and then the Judean wilderness was closer as we got closer to is our submission. But uh, the, so the terrain changed a little bit. Galilee is more like what is around here in terms of green. Uh, uh, and then the further south you come, the more desert-like it becomes, a little more rugged, uh, more caves, uh, more neat, neat places. So every valley is raised, every mountain made low. The rough places are made level or smooth, the rugged plains. All is designed to promote movement or, or advancement. Uh, enables one to leave one place and arrive at another, at a destination. It's, um, it's kind of like the turnpike. I think we're all familiar with that. And um, if you want to go from here to Cedar Point, you can go there a lot of different ways. Most people go the turnpike. It's quicker. Costs you a little bit, but it's quicker. It's more direct. And if you if you vote in your car, the kids will all say turnpike. You're going to get there. Um, but there's other ways to get there. But um, but the 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 deep valleys are filled in, leveled. Um, the high rock cuts are are. Uh, they use dynamite sometimes, and they and they get rid of it to bring it to bring it to where the highway can can work the highway for our God God is Elohim it is plural refers to the supreme God functions as the subject of all divine activity toward mankind it could also reference the Godhead, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 says of, of Isaiah 40, And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So where is this highway headed? In get it, on the highway, not just when you get to where you're going, but on the highway, I believe the glory of the Lord is being revealed. And it says all people will see it. So let's read 3 to 5 again. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord 
So we talked about the wilderness. That word can mean anything from a pasture field, pasture land, land where animals, sheep, or whatever can graze, um, or just uninhabited land, almost like a no man's land. There's, just, there's not much out there. It's uh, large tracts of land that includes or in, that has cities involved. Uh, so anything from a no-man's land to areas including cities all can be part of the wilderness. Um, so I had to think, well, how does our wilderness compare? Where do we find ourselves? Where do we live? Where do we live? What do, when you think of the term wilderness, what do you think of? What do you think of? Do you think of the, this time of year, potholes in the road? Uh, do you, what do you think of? What is your wilderness or what is my wilderness? What do I think of? Well, in my wilderness, I think God is calling us to prepare a way for the Lord. The writer of Hebrews gives us an example of preparing a highway. Uh, I'll turn to it and just read it quick. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So get rid of everything that hinders, that's in the way. If there's, a, if there's a low dip, fill it up. If there's a kind of a speed bump thing, whack her off. I mean, knock her down. Try to, try to get it in line. Try to get it in line as you, as you fix your eyes uh, down the road. Look beyond the obstacles, the barriers that are around us. So what does your wilderness look like? What does my wilderness look like? It's different. It's different for each of us. Where each of us are facing a variety of obstacles, of barriers, of things to overcome. That's a big word. Things to get over, things to get beyond, overcome. Um, fix our eyes on Jesus. Make room for God in our wilderness, in our desert. Make room for God. That's what we're doing is we're getting rid of stuff that we're coming onto, realizing, eh, that does, that's, that's not suitable. It's not, you know, it's, a lot of people say, well, is it evil or is it good? I mean, is, you know, will I go to hell if I do this or not? You know, it's, it's not so much that. What we're trying to do is trying to, we're trying to make a way for God. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But make room for God in your days, in your wilderness. Uh, what, in other words, what am I listening to? Um, um, what do I pay attention to? What do I pay attention to? Isaiah 55, um, let's turn, keep a finger in 40, since we're in Isaiah, 
flip over a little bit more to 55. And this is a, a fascinating passage. And it kind of makes you makes you turn your head a little bit, maybe. Because he says, Come, Isaiah 55, 1, come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy and eat. You don't have any money, come and buy. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest affair. Give ear, come to me. Listen, that you may live. There's a lot of turn here, a lot of references to turn. When we listen, uh, I hear better if I put this ear closer to who's speaking. So I'm turning, I'm giving ear, that's the phrase. I'm giving my better ear. <laughs> uh, listen, so there's a little turning involved. I will make an everlasting covenant with you, my faithful love promised to David. Let's skip down to 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways. Turn, forsake their ways. And the unrighteous forsake their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God for he will freely pardon. Come, all who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come and buy. Listen, listen to me. Seek the Lord. Call on him. Uh, forsake our own ways and our thoughts. Let us turn to the Lord our God. He will have mercy and freely pardon. God calls us. He draws us. How do we buy this stuff without money? I'd like to think of it as attention is your currency. Attention. Maybe time. Maybe time is a better description of it. But whether we have money or not, whether our pockets are full or empty, we have time. We have attention. We can pay. not sure why that term pay, why that monetary term is used, but to what are we paying attention? What are we giving of our attention? What are we giving of our time? And that speaks somewhat of the face and the direction that we are headed. So we pay attention. We come, we eat and drink, we listen, do what God says. We, sometimes it even says, pay close. We seek him with all our heart. Sometimes paying close attention means you slow down, you get a better light, you turn the light on, you get a light, whip out your phone and hit the flashlight thing, and you, and you really focus in on what you're looking at. What are you doing? You're paying close attention. So we see the value in fixing our eyes on Christ, facing in God's direction, 
discovering our purpose. This is why we remove any hindrances of time, any hindrances of relationship, any unholy images, strongholds in our lives, and the Holy Spirit will bring us to mind. And uh, I don't think God wants us to be a, a, a demon in every doorknob, that kind of thing. But the Holy Spirit is very good at giving you a, it makes you feel a little bit comfortable. Ah, that is something I got. Somebody gave it to me. It was a gift. Um, so I feel kind of obligated to keep it. But there's, if, if, if the Holy Spirit is putting this little check in your spirit, in your mind, pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. Turn. Look at it possibly from a different light. It's not like it's going to make you go to hell because that's not the issue. The issue is we want to clean up our wilderness. We want to make it so God can work in our lives so that we can be more like him, so that we can get to our holiness destination, so to speak, easier in such a time, so to speak. It's not anything that we do. We are not earning a thing. We don't get rid of this stuff so that we can get saved. We, we get saved by, by believing in Jesus, and, and we are saved through Jesus. Our salvation is in him. When we start to look at our wilderness where we're at, uh, we're, all, we're saved. So we want to get rid of it. We want to get rid of it. We don't get rid of so that we can get saved. There's a big difference. Big difference. The total price of our sin has been paid in full by Jesus. We can only boast in what Christ has done. Our direction has changed. Our desire is becoming different. We're becoming renewed in our mind. We want to do God's will, not because we have to do God's will. We want to do God's will. And when we start to get that focus, get that in our focus, we start to realize, um, we start to lose the fleshly desires to earn our salvation, and we we start to we start to to go from an adolescent Christian to a more mature Christian, because we're starting to understand, we're starting to see things um, differently, not just as a child. There will be ups and downs. Our highs and our lows, I believe, will lessen in time. I believe it will. Our focus must remain on Jesus and this new life in him. The ups and the downs. The ups may not, they may not be as high as the last time, or the downs may not be as low as that. But they're starting to, to as, as the Holy Spirit uh, leads us in turning the right way, staying turned, um, getting rid of some of the hindrances, some of the things that, that affect or take our time and our attention. We are God's temple. His spirit dwells within us, 1 Corinthians 3 talks about. This is our highway of holiness. And in a lot of cases, 
it's under construction. God doesn't use our own prayers. But there's a lot of road construction. And um, Nicodemus. All right, let's scoot over to John, chapter, or book of John, chapter 3. Nicodemus confronts Jesus. John, chapter 3, verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a member of the Jewish ruling council not just an average common man. He was in the hierarchy, so to speak, of the Jewish um, community. He came to Jesus at night and said, that way he could be more secretive, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God, for no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. How can someone be born when they are old, Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. You see how he's trying to steer? He's trying to match what Jesus just said with what he understands. And it's not coming together. It's like, huh? It's like, how can I be reborn? I'm an older guy. I can't, I can't enter the mother's womb and be born again that way. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to spirit, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Wind blows wherever it pleases, you hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Nicodemus um, struggled to understand this um, rebirth that Jesus was talking about. He was unable to accept this kingdom of God. There was very little room in his heart and in his life for this aspect, for this, what God, what Jesus was introducing. Most of his adult life was taken up with all that needed done to maintain his religious requirements and teaching duties. It was his identity. It's who he was. He was a leader. When Jesus faced Nicodemus with his need to turn and be born again, he faltered. He failed to advance. Now, maybe later, we don't know. Maybe he did. Maybe We don't know. But it was his lack of, um, there, that was something that needed to be dealt with for him to be able to um, understand and come uh, to uh, grips with that. But so we can see that our busyness 
that what we fill our lives with in terms of our attention, and it can be good things, but it also, we must beware of, of the Holy Spirit so that we can respond uh, positively, so that we can turn, we, we make another turn. Um, as we live, we're not like a parked car, but we're a moving car. We're, we're something moving. And, and so if you say, I'm not, I'm not seeing that, this is it. Um, well, as soon as you go forward, you could get into trouble. If you don't go anywhere, you're a parked car. Um, it's 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 so so the turning can be slight when you drive a car, or if you're younger and you don't can't mom and dad won't let you ride drive the car. Um, maybe they have a riding lawnmower. Is that the idea? You know, make the line straighter. What? You know. So anyway, I'm kind of is it OC OC. OCD? Yeah, I, I'm accused of that. Um, but anyways, a little further into John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. So we are born into condemnation, and yet we're called to salvation. But can we see it? Is there room in our, in our thinking? Is there room in our heart? Uh, can we see past this condemnation? Can we make room in our hearts for this today in our um, wilderness? Roman, uh, Paul says to the Romans in chapter 8 of Romans, says there's no condemnation for those in Christ. The law of the Spirit has set us free from the law of sin and death. We must live according to the Spirit, not according to the flesh. Turn away from the flesh. Turn, turn away from the flesh. Not to earn our salvation, but as a result of our salvation. Romans 8 also says we are children of God. Let's rid ourselves of our baggage, that which hinders and entangles us. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says, throw off everything that hinders and run the race, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I love that. I love that. The pioneer and the perfecter. This is not about us, but this is about us making room for God's highway, this highway of holiness. There's going to be turns involved, and some of them may come upon you, and you didn't instigate it, you didn't ask for it, you got it. It was dealt, so to speak, in your hand. It was, it was dealt to you. There, there's a turn in your life, and you have had to make some adjustments. But God is at work in our lives. Um, in conclusion, I'd like to read 1 Thessalonians. This is a sneaky one. So if you get to Hebrews, you've gone just a tad too far. But 1 Thessalonians 5, the last 
chapter of 1 Thessalonians. So God is at work in our lives. This highway of holiness is under construction. But once we start to get the focus as to why we're doing what we're doing, it's a lot easier. It, is, it, it, it comes into, it falls into place. It comes into place. 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Let's pray. Worship team, you come up. Father, thank you. Thank you, Father, for your goodness. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for being faithful. For what you have begun in us, you are faithful to complete, to make perfect, to be completed. Thank you, Father. Ask that you would give us grace that we might be able to do what we need to do. The turning, the getting rid, the adjustment, uh, the focus. Uh, we just need your Holy Spirit to help us. Thank you, Father.